Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. Rising drug prices and a trend of placing more of the cost-sharing burden on patients have created a concerning situation. Lower-wage earners may have to choose between medical care and other basic needs. Pharmaceutical manufacturers sought to improve patient access to treatments through the use of co-payment assistance cards. These cards reduce the out-of-pocket cost for enrollees, but employers worry that these copay assistance cards could result in increased medication use and associated expenditures, thus negating efforts made with benefit designs. These cards let enrollees in high-deductible health plans reach their deductible with limited out-of-pocket spending, which places a greater cost burden on employers. To mitigate this issue, pharmacy benefit managers have introduced copay accumulator adjustment programs. These programs prevent pharmaceutical manufacturer subsidies put toward a patient's out-of-pocket costs from counting towards the deductible. As a result, high-deductible health plan enrollees could face a sharp spike in out-of-pocket costs when the manufacturer's subsidy limits are reached, but the patient has not yet reached their deductible. Despite the lack of data around how these programs affect patient outcomes, they have become popular among employers. I'm Laura Jost, Associate Editorial Director of the American Journal of Managed Care, and today I'm speaking with Dr. Bruce Sherman, Chief Medical Officer of the National Alliance of Healthcare Purchasers Coalition, and the author of a paper on the impact of copay accumulator adjustment programs that is appearing in the July issue of AJMC. So to start, can we discuss what are copay accumulator programs and what purpose are they supposed to serve? The intent of copay accumulator programs is to ensure that individuals who elect to enroll in a high-deductible or consumer-directed health plan fulfill the obligation of their enrollment in that plan to pay for the deductible in its full amount um, before the health plan or the benefit plan kicks in to support their health care needs. They are uh, the the copay accumulator adjustment programs serve to prevent individuals from having any funds credited toward their deductible that come from a an outside entity such as a uh, pharmaceutical manufacturer that prior to about 2017 were being counted toward the patient contribution. Now, with the uh, implementation of copay accumulator adjustment programs, the PBMs are able to identify the source of funds, uh, whether they're coming from the patients, whether they're coming from a third-party source, and attribute those to the deductible or not based on um, the, the particular plan design. So the accumulator program specifically is intended to prevent any contribution from outside of the uh, patient from being credited toward the individual's deductible. And that, at least theoretically, should help promote healthcare consumerism um, by ensuring that patients are responsible for that full amount of the deductible as the plan dictates. And what are the unintended consequences of these accumulator programs There's a reason why they're being put into place, but is anything happening that they weren't really expecting? 
Well, there, there are three effective, significant, um, unanticipated uh, potential complications. The first is that the uh, copay support that is provided um, now for the vast majority of specialty drugs by the pharmaceutical manufacturers is not uh, equivalent to a year's worth of, of pharmaceutical coverage. So typically, um, after about three or four months of coverage, the, uh, the amount of payment is, the threshold of payment is reached, the limit is reached. As a consequence, in maybe the third or fourth or fifth month of treatment, as patients are continuing to fill their prescriptions, they may go into the pharmacy and discover that, number one, there is no money left on their copay assistance card, and number two, because they haven't yet met the deductible, they may get a substantial bill from the pharmacy, which may, at that moment in time, cause them to say, I have a $2,000 bill, I can't afford to pick up this prescription, so they may discontinue their medication. Um, the potential concern for medication discontinuation is that, of course, the disease control may not be as effective with non-specialty medication treatments, and as a consequence, um, those individuals at some point down the road may experience a worsening of their health condition, which could lead to the potential for increased use of medical care, which could potentially result in greater expenditure um, than the potential employer savings derived from implementation or introduction of these copay accumulator programs. And how might these programs be disproportionately affecting certain populations, either disease states, socioeconomic status, insurance type, et cetera? Sure. From insurance standpoint, the copay accumulator programs really are only in effect for individuals enrolled in a high-deductible consumer-directed health plan. So individuals that are in uh, PPO plans uh, typically don't have the high-deductible with the pharmacy benefit that um, individuals have who are enrolled in a high-deductible health plan, where typically the deductible is a combined medical and pharmacy benefit. So that's one, one consideration. The other concern is, um, is income and the fact that um, there's some evidence to suggest that uh, low-income individuals who are more price sensitive to access to and use of health care um, might preferentially select a high-deductible health plan simply because it provides them with more money in their pocket um, because of lower premiums, but at the expense of a high deductible. And they are probably the ones who would be at greatest risk of discontinuation of medication um, when faced with this so-called copay surprise when they've, they've maximized the value uh, derived from their copay support but haven't yet met their deductible because of the copay accumulator adjustment program. So are there suggestions for how to adjust these accumulator programs to address some of the unintended consequences we're seeing? Sure. There, there are a number of ways that employers, plan sponsors, can perhaps think differently about the use of the copay accumulator cards. And I think first and foremost, one has to think about 
what's the goal that one is trying to achieve with uh, copay accumulator cards, and is it really financially impactful for the employer? So that, that's really the, the first issue, and our, our preliminary research would indicate that, uh, based on modeling, this literally, literally translates to about a, a penny per member per month in terms of additional cost for the employer if they allow those, those um, copay cards to be used without a um, copay accumulator program. But in terms of modifying the copay accumulator adjustment programs, th there are a number of factors that could be considered. One is, uh, sort of foundationally, if an individual is on specialty drugs, um, they probably should be counseled or at least be made aware of the existence of the copay accumulator adjustment programs at the time of benefits enrollment so that they can choose perhaps to enroll in a PPL uh, plan or non-high deductible health plan that would protect them to some degree from that unanticipated um, high payment when the copay support runs out. So that's number one at the foundational level. There are a number of modifications that could be implemented with respect to um, application of the copay accumulator adjustment programs. Probably the most important is which medications are included in that um, copay accumulator adjustment program. Not all medications are. Uh, for example, in the, um, the study that, that we performed looking at this issue, um, medications for multiple sclerosis were on the preventive drug list and excluded from the eligibility for the, the copay accumulator uh, adjustment program. So employers have an opportunity to include more medications on that preventive drug list and be selective about which medications are subject to the copay accumulator program uh, or not. Um, the other issue from an affordability standpoint is to ensure that individuals who are perhaps low-income workers may have an opportunity to have their benefit design subsidized um, to make the benefits more equitable for them such that they can afford um, to pay the cost of the, uh, of the deductible should they choose that plan. And that kind of... Um, Subsidy support can be provided in the form of premium reductions for copays or for um, the plan design. It can be in the form of uh, wage-based deductible levels or wage-based contrib employer contributions to the um, to the HSA. To read Dr. Sherman's July paper on copay accumulator adjustment programs visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.